Uh, let's open our Bibles, please, to Proverbs chapter 21. Proverbs 21, we're going to begin reading in verse 10. And uh, unless something happens, we're moving on from our series on the name of God. And uh, never intended it to last that long. But uh, tonight we're going to talk about uh, the congregation and assembly. And this is very, very important in uh, getting the victory. I did, I did forget to mention, uh, so there is a rule, if someone comes to church and it's 10 minutes late, they will not be able to come in unless we know you. So just, yeah. <laughs> so remember, if, if, if they don't know who you are, they're not coming in. That's the rule. Hope no one's offended by that. Uh, so if you have visitors coming, Maybe you could meet them and tell them or tell the security team. But so uh, we're trying to secure the building. All right. I think that's a very good principle to live by. Uh, so we appreciate your support. Proverbs 21, look at verse 10. The soul of the wicked desireth evil. His neighbor findeth no favor in his eyes. When the scorner is punished, the simple is made wise. And when the wise is instructed, he receiveth knowledge. The righteous man wisely considereth the house of the wicked, but God overthroweth the wicked for their wickedness. Whoso stoppeth his ears at the cry of the poor, he also shall cry himself, but shall not be heard. A gift in secret pacifieth anger, and reward in the bosom strong wrath. It is joy to the just to do judgment, but destruction shall be to the workers of iniquity. The man that wandereth out of the way of understanding shall remain in the congregation of the dead. So look at that again, verse 16. The man that wandereth out of the way of understanding shall remain in the congregation of the dead. So that's what we want to talk about tonight, the congregation of the dead and uh, always you have the contrast congregation of the living so you can't ride the fence there's no neutrality you're jesus said if you're not for me you're against me so you either have the congregation of the dead or the congregation of the living this is a very very important principle and uh, i know it changed my life all right, let's pray. Father, we pray that you bless the message. We yield your spirit. We pray that he'd lead and guide us as to what to say and how to say it. We pray for wisdom. Help us to understand the power of the congregation, the power of an assembly to become a part of or to be a hypocrite or to have a changed life. Help us to understand. We yield your spirit that he would do all the work and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The congregation of the dead. We know that every man as a unique individual stands alone. Every one of us. It is the soul that sinneth. It shall surely die. God says all souls are mine. Made in his image. He's given each of us volition or free will to choose. We all stand alone as individuals, very special, unique in our own way. 
I always say, nobody can do it like you can do it. Nobody can pray like you can, sing like you can, walk with God exactly like you can, serve God exactly like you can. We are unique individuals. But each of these unique individuals is a part of an assembly, a congregation. So you will assemble with the living or you will assemble with the dead. It's not just a group of people in a certain place. It's much more than that. It's a spirit by which they all are a part of. They have a common interest, could be common bloodline, and a common nature. Uh, like a guy told me one time, you know, he said, you know what my favorite verse is in the Bible? I said, what is it? He said, the early bird gets the worm. I mean, he, he, I think Benjamin Franklin said that, but he, he thought it was in the Bible. And I said, oh yeah, mine is uh, birds of a feather flock together. That's a great passage. But uh, it's a good principle. It's not in the Bible, I don't think. But uh, the principle is, so you will assemble with those that you agree with. Whether you, whether you want to admit it or not, you assemble with those that your nature is like. You've been in a place and sometimes you go, I just don't fit in here. I'm leaving. Whenever you feel that, you ought to get up and leave. Just get up. Somebody's going to get up and walk out. <laughs> just get up and walk out. We... we uh, I ought to tell them the lucky story, but we got set up one time not telling the whole story. When we realized where it was, it was a restaurant in a very affluent part of Dallas. I think it was Ethan. He, he had the aware. He looks around. He goes, you know where we're at? We didn't eat, wasted all. We got it and we walked out. Now, we, we knew what, we, you know, if you don't fit in. That happened to somebody recently. Oh, my brother. Don't go to a barn in Casterville or somewhere they warned us about. But anyway, wherever that is, north of Casterville. But anyway, that's a whole other story. So um, if you don't fit in, why are you assembling there? If you're not a part of it, what do you, what's your purpose in going there? So Proverbs 13, 20 is one of my favorite verses. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. So Jeremiah said in chapter 5, I've got me to the great men. I will get to the great men. I will assemble in the right place with the right type people. And then I will refrain or repent of the exact opposite. So you have the congregation of the living, the congregation of the dead. And so the Bible word is assembly. And then you have the opposite of that, dissembly. And we'll look at that if we get time later. So you have to congregate or you have wandering. So if you wander from the right congregation, you will assemble with the wrong congregation. The only way to assemble with the right congregation is you have to know your place and be faithful and make the commitment. And the only way you cannot be a part of the congregation of the dead is the exact opposite. So you have always 
the fits and the misfits. The place you fit in that you're a part of, and then you have the place where you just know something's wrong. I don't fit in here. One time we were on vacation. Couldn't find a place to eat. I think it was at Zion National Park. I can't remember. The we go in. Pittsburgh Steelers were playing. And everybody in there had a terrible yellow towel. And I just, I need to, I can't, I'm out of here. I don't, I don't fit in here. It's kind of weird to explain. It wasn't just football. It's just, this is, a, I don't fit in this place. This is a weird place. Um, I'm sure you've had the same feeling. So we, we quote Psalm 1-5 all the time that the wicked shall not, what, stand in the congregation of what, the righteous. They, the wicked will not stand. They will be struck dead if they tried to enter in. So remember the, the, uh, one of the parables of the kingdom in the book of Matthew is uh, the fellow who gets into the wedding, but he's not dressed appropriately. This is a real deep truth. It's more than protocol. You know, and I always ask somebody, what is the dress code? I always, if I'm invited somewhere, I will say, what's the dress code? I don't want to show up in blue jeans when it's, you know, a tuxedo. Always, I don't want, I want to, I don't want to be overdressed, underdressed. What's the, the dress protocol? Well, this man gets in and immediately say, you don't, you're not dressed right. Now, uh, a lot to this, but it, it relates to Satan trying to get in to the marriage supper of the Lamb and the kingdom, and he is evicted. He, he does it. He will not stand in the congregation of the righteous. So, Job 15, 34, uh, the Bible talks about the uh, congregation of hypocrites shall be desolate. How would you like to go to that congregation? Everybody there is a hypocrite. So a hypocrite is where the inside doesn't match the outside, or what they say doesn't match how they live. Bunch of hypocrites. Congregation of hypocrites. Who would want to go to that church? Uh, and, you know, and I've heard a lot of people say, those Baptists down there, they're a bunch of hypocrites. And I said, well, nobody can live all of it, but I'd rather have the standard up high and fall short than lower my standard like all the other hypocrites do. Uh, nobody lives up to everything. We're not glorified yet. But Job knew this. It would be desolation when all these people gather in the same place and they're the same nature. It's desolation. Also, those who wander from the understanding they will, it's like a soul magnet, I call it. There's a magnet for the soul. They will be sucked beyond their control into the congregation of the dead. Now, um, I am an antisocial in my nature. Some of you say, yes, I can see that. Um, you know, me personally, I don't need a lot of social interaction. Uh, it's just me personally. Some people really need it. They need fellowship, things like that. But I learned a long time ago, I, 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 one of my favorite chapters is Psalm 26. I will not sit with the wicked. 
I'm not going to go somewhere and sit down with the wicked. And the Bible says these are spots in your feast. When you, when you just, let's do lunch, you better make sure who you're sitting down with. It's very, very important. Because if you don't fit in, something's going to happen. So you either have to have the power to change them, or they're going to defile you. One way or another. You got to have the power to change. What does the Bible say? Come ye out from among them, be ye separate, saith the Lord of hosts. Uh, you're not to be a do-gooder to try to change assemblies. So I remember in school, and this is just the way I was, I, I did not like assemblies. You may love them. Uh, I would get licks and demerits. I would, after, and I'm not saying for you to do this. But when I was there, I don't. I, what am I doing with this assembly of these? Because you know, in my class, it was like 850 people. But even homeroom, I hated homeroom. Why do I have to go to this room to have them say my name backwards, uh, James Jeffrey, and and you know that's not my name, and then be sent to English? It just for me, it just doesn't sit with me. But and then pep squads or whatever they call it, pep rallies. Why do I be forced to go to this when I don't care who wins or loses? This is ridiculous. Up, 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 a fire up. <laughs> you know, uh, hee-haw. But that, that's just me. So um, I, I didn't like games. I, it was hard for me to go. That's just not me. So stadiums is an assembly, whether you admit it or not. Halls is an assembly. I hated lunchroom. That's just me. We had an open campus. I would leave and go eat nothing. Then go to, a, then go to the lunchroom and have to sit with dissemblers. Uh, and I knew this when I was lost, by the way. That seems strange. But... Um, auditoriums. So like individuals are those who are out of place, a misfit when they know they just it doesn't fit right or they fit right in, um, just didn't set right with me. So you have two types. You have this congregation of the dead, congregation of the living. Now, this is very important. Uh, we know this, but I want to review this. There's basically four groups of people or types of people, and we all know this. Number one, you have individuals. We're all an individual. You're your own person. Uh, some people get too caught up in their marriage, and their marriage becomes them. Now, it's great. I love marriage, but your marriage isn't you. Even though they become one flesh, you still have your own unique individual person you know and you ought to stay strong they say you start looking like your spouse after a while uh, can't help it but you know still be true to yourself in the marriage you can do that be true to you uh, a lot of people can't do that so you have individual number two families so you can't help what family you were born into right but you're a unique individual in your family and so you're assembled maybe in the same house, depending on the situation. And then when you think about 
family reunions, close family, extended family. You know, I was asking my dad today about uh, this situation. My wife had a death in her extended family. I said, so this is like your dad's dad, Uncle Joe, Aunt Pearlie, they had a son and then they had a daughter. And he goes, yeah, that, that's kind of what, I said, okay. So, far extended. You can't help what family you're born into. Uh, so, why do you think you have to assemble with them just because of that? I mean, Jesus said you have to hate your own father and mother to enter into the kingdom. Your love for him ought to be so great that your family, it doesn't mean you hate them, it means it's just diminished in priority. So you have your individuals, then your family, and then number three, your companions. Now, one of my other favorite verses in the Bible is Psalm 119.63. David said, I am a companion of all them that fear thee and keep thy commandments. That's who I run with. I am an individual. I will only have a companion of a like individual. I will not sit down with the contradiction who doesn't believe like I do the Word of God. I won't do it. Now, unless it's for soul winning. Jesus was accused. He, he was a friend of sinners, right? And the Pharisees, the hypocrites, said, you know, he, he, why is he doing that? He was trying to win them to cry. He wasn't fellowshipping. He wasn't assembling like the root definition of the word. He wasn't a companion. These weren't his buddies cruising the streets. He's the companion of all them that fear thee and, and keep thy commandment. So you have individuals, we all are. Families, we all have one born into. You choose your companions. If you walk with wise men, you'll be wise. If you're a companion of fools, you'll be destroyed. You could be in the wrong place at the wrong time. We're talking about this. Weird illustration, not to me. We, we go to national parks, Probably not now because of the price of fuel. I don't know if they'll have around. But it, you know what I mean. So they're trying to force people to get on tour buses to go in a national park. Not me. I will not forfeit my freedom to get on a tour bus with a bunch of dissemblers to ruin my national park. I just won't go. I'll look at pictures. I've already been there. I'm not, I, I'm not doing that. You're not going to tell me i got to show up at 9 in the morning and I can only go in for 30 minutes with a bunch of Japanese people who don't even love America. And they're just taking pictures. No, I have nothing against, well, except for bombing a Pearl Harbor. But, you know, whoever they are, I'm not doing that. You may love it. I'm not going to sit down with a bunch of people. I have a real hard time on airplanes, really hard time. It just really bugs me. Uh, that's a whole nother story. So you have companion. Next, assemblers. Assemblers. So the assemblers is the group of individuals in your family or out of your family, whether a companion or not, that you go to the same place and you assemble with them. And the whole principle is you're in the same location. You're in the same locale logistically with those people. 
Now, uh, some people, this may be stirring some thoughts. We all have to make money, right? You have to be in the world, but not of the world. You can't be a weirdo and say, well, based on this, I'm going to go live in the woods like John the Baptist and never assemble because where I work has some lost people. Well, you'd have to go out of the world, Paul said. You know, you, you got to be in the world, but not of it. You have to make money. You have to provide for your own. So there are uh, ways to interpret this in, within the context. But you have assemblers. Who do you assemble with? That's very important because this shows who you are. So either you believe like them or you're a compromiser. Which one is it? Either you are what they are or you're a misfit and you don't fit in. It's one or the other. Make your mind up. Psalm 86, 14 says, the assemblies of violent men. Violent men assemble together. They do. Uh, you go into a Hell's Angel bar and see what happens if you're not violent or whatever, because they're violent. Psalm 89.7, it says, the Lord is to be feared in the assembly of the saints. Everybody who assembles in God's house ought to be with individuals who are companions of those that fear the Lord, that fear the Lord. So anybody who doesn't fear the Lord ought to feel like a misfit. And you ought to make them feel like there's something wrong with them, not you. Because everybody's a weirdo. <laughs> so when you have this individual, everybody's weird in a strange way. God didn't call many noble, many mighty. We're, we're all a little strange, and if you think you're not, then you don't know yourself very well. We're all unique individuals, but you should only assemble with unique individuals that fear the Lord, and if you live this, it'll change your whole life. Now, you have to go to work. We know that. You have to make a living. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you could look for a better place, maybe God may open up a better place. Who knows? So, let's turn, if you would, to uh, Psalm 26. Psalm 26. And why was David a man after God's own heart? For many reasons. But this is one of the biggest ones. So David would not touch God's anointed. He wouldn't touch Saul. He said, God will kill Saul when he wants to. I'm not going to do it. I will not lift up my hand. He sung the Psalms. He fought the enemies of God. He walked with God. He was a great musician. He was a great warrior. But this is one of the main reasons that he was a man after God's own heart. So look at verse 1. We'll start reading it. Judge me, O Lord, for I have walked in mine integrity. I have trusted also in the Lord, therefore I shall not slide. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins in my heart. For thy loving kindness is before mine eyes, and I have walked in thy truth. I have not sat with vain persons. Neither will I go in with dissemblers. I have hated the congregation of the evildoers, 
and will not sit with the wicked. It's a really amazing thing. Now, if you look, look at verse 9 of the same chapter. Gather not my soul with sinners, nor my life with bloody men. Now, why did he say that? Brother Armstrong used to tell me this a lot before he went to heaven. He said, hey, Brother Jeff, how did he say it? But anyway, he'd say, what if, what if I go out to eat with Dairy Queen? I and mean, he meant this with some construction workers. He was a tile setter. So you have bricklayers, tile setters. Know that or they'll get mad at you. You don't lay set bricks and you, anyway. What if I go to Dairy Queen and I'm sitting there getting me a blizzard or whatever with my DQ dude and I'm with the wicked guy and God decides to kill that wicked guy while I'm sitting with the wicked guy. Or what if I get in the car with some wicked people and it's their time to go and God's going to take them out and I'm sitting with the wicked. He goes, I would get taken out when it wasn't God's timing because God's timing was to take out the evil and I was sitting with the wicked. Think about that. It's true. Now you say, well, God's sovereign. Well, God will do whatever He wants. God may spare you and take them out even when you're sitting with them. But what if He doesn't? What if He doesn't? So, this is a very serious thing. I will not sit with the wicked. I'm not going to sit with them. I'm going to get up. You know, have you ever been somewhere and you go out to eat and you, it's just not, it's not sitting right with you? And then we say, well, it's kind of awkward. No, you ought to say, waiter, I want to move to another table right now. You're paying. So I'd like to move to another table. I don't like, you don't even have to tell them why. I want to move to another table. I don't like what this guy's talking about. And he's yelling and I don't want to hear it or I'm leaving. You don't really have to say anything. But we're, we will, in the, in the name of decency and manners, sit there and waste our money and spend it foolishly on our dining experience. When, you know, I, I do it all the time. If, a, if somebody won't make their kid quit crying, why do I want to pay 20 bucks to eat to hear somebody who won't make their kid shut up in a public place and then they put that little computer in front of them and that isn't good enough. We're in a really fancy place one time. It didn't have golden arches. No. It, it was a step up. No, it wasn't that fancy. But anyway, we're sitting there and this woman let her kid turn, it was a bench seat, the bench to the table as a, a kangaroo hop and he was playing with this. Too stupid to think. Just boink, boink, boink. I mean, it went on for an hour. And it just ruined everything. Um, you know, I don't know about you. I could do that. I don't want to pay for that. I don't want to pay to see it. Um, but anyways. So, look, look at... Uh, this is, this is uh, very important. The dissemblers. So look what it says in verse 4. 
I have not sat with vain persons, neither will I go in with dissemblers. Now, we're going to run out of time, but this is a very important word because it doesn't just mean not to assemble. What it means, it's a veil from sight or to conceal. And it means to be blind, to cover up what is right, to, to cover the, the, uh, the light from shining, to dissemble. And then when you study it a little further, it means to scrutinize with recognition. So a dissembler is when people assemble and then they dissemble by coming together with some plot or talking about somebody behind their back in disagreement with strife or contention to do what? To, be a, to cause a schism somewhere, a division. And the, that's why the Bible said God hates those that sow discord among the brethren. Hates them. Not what they're doing. He hates their guts. For anybody to get together in assembly, say, let me tell you what I think's wrong with that guy or this or that. And their whole motive is to dissemble and to cover up the truth with a hidden agenda. So David said, I'm not going to sit with those that dissemble. I'm not going to do it. So, division, strife. Now, I'm not, I'm through, but I'm not saying compromise. I'm not saying, you know me, I'm not saying sweeping under the rug. The truth is the truth, and if it's true, we need to deal with it. I'm talking about with people who are, Brother Hiles called them manure spreaders, and he said, some of y'all got a tongue as long as this whole aisle, that all you want to do is spread uh, information. It, it could be true. Remember, liable slander, if you have the intent to hurt somebody, that's, that's just as bad as lies. It's all about your intent. So, David said, I'm not going to sit with evil men. I will eat alone. You know, I, I'd rather take a sack lunch to my car with me and God and be all alone than go out with somebody and sit with the wicked just to have somebody to talk to and dissemblers. You know when a lot of people get fired while they're eating lunch? How do you get fired at lunch? Because you listened to your co-workers cut down your boss and dissembled. You didn't, you didn't have any sense. Say, look, I don't agree with it either, but I'm not listening to this. This is our boss, and I'm not going to be a part of that. That's what you ought to say. Don't sit there and take it. That's how you get fired when you're sitting and getting dissembled. Happens all the time. The aunt calls up the other cousin. Did you see what Grandma said at the family reunion? And I'm not ever going over there. I've seen it happen in our family. I'm not. Hey, you're a dissembler. Don't call me back until you have something good to say. Uh, so, it's very quiet in here. So I'm through. So you're an HEB coming down the aisle. I always say that. And you see that person down there that you know what they're going to do. And they're the type of person you don't want to ask them how they're doing because they'll tell you and you don't want to hear. So you see them coming and they're a dissembler. 
you just act like you did. Well, you saw them, but they don't know you saw them. You act like you're looking at the potato chip. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna stand up and dissemble. I'm not gonna listen to it. Now, once again, we're not compromising. We're gonna investigate. We're gonna search it out. But you're either in, and we're leading up to something here, and it's all about wondering. Now, now follow me. The faithful people don't wander away from God's house. They don't wander away from their Bible time. They don't wander from other individuals who are part of the family of God, who are companions of those that fear God and keep His commandments. They show up. Right? Who's the problem? Wanderers. It talks about it all in the Bible. They are wandering stars. They get caught up in weird things with weird people who like to just wander around. Why? They lost their place. What does the Bible say? We'll be through. As the bird wandereth from its nest, so the curse causeless shall not come. If the mama bird doesn't sit on the eggs and then hatch them and incubate them and feed the babies, it brings a curse. And you know where a place is? If you're a mom, you got to sit on the nest. That's your place. You wander off. Gets exciting, a little alluring. You may lose your kids to the whatever that place is called. I forget what it's called. Child Protective Service. I don't know. You may lose them. You have a place. So I always say this. Where should every man be when it's supper time? At the table. Unless you're working. You ought to be at home with your wife in your house with your kids. That's your place. And you wander off. You're going to get in big trouble. That's your place. As you leave your father and mother, cleave your wife, that's your place. And what happens? Well, I want to run with the boys. Now, if you're married, you don't live single. And if you're married, you don't run with a lot of single people. You've got to watch out. They don't have the responsibilities you have. They're wandering around, and you can't do that. Because you know why? You said, I do. Till death do us part. So... Everybody ought to back me up. So, the, uh, yeah, the congregation of the living, congregation, just don't show up to work for a few days and see how long they keep you. You know, just, this is a principle, it'll change your whole life.